0: It's the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. It's
1: basketball time. It's over! It's over! The (laughs) 52-year-old is over! The Cavaliers It won the NBA
0: championship! Cleveland, this is for you! Mitchell. Goes to the basket and buries Cornett! Garland high steps over the timeline, stumps on a dime. This Garland has been unreal here in the fourth quarter. Jack
1: clock down to five. Leather. Blocked by Mobley. Oh, my. Take us home. Stella Stella and Allen. Simcoe. Get it. that sweet step out of here.
0: <laughs> the shoot around.
1: Welcome back to the club. It's our first episode since the All Star break, so we wanted to make a quick announcement. Because of your support, we've been able to join the Basketball Podcast Network. It's an honor to be a part of a larger group of podcasts, and we hope that it will add to our content and our growth over this next year. Thank you all for subscribing. Now to where we left off. Coming out of the break, the Cavs began with two tough losses to the Nuggets and the Hawks, but put up an impressive win against the Raptors a few nights back. And tonight they got stomped by the Celtics 113-117. And no, the score does not reflect the beatdown. In our last episode, Jackson was curious to see how the team would come out of the break. So, was this a bad sign, Colin?
0: I don't think it was the best sign, Adam. The Denver game exposed some of the late-game issues that the Cavs have. The Atlanta game was just absolutely dreadful. They came out completely flat. I was glad to see how they dictated the game against the Raptors actually putting it to them and unlike their previous losses against the Raptors. But unfortunately tonight they let the gravity of the moment really take over because the Celtics just wiped the floor with them.
1: Please be sure to rate and review us on Apple podcasts and Spotify or follow us on the podcast player of your choice. Also be sure to visit our new home, the basketball podcast network. We're also adding extra content to our YouTube channel. So please subscribe. And please be sure to leave a comment. We'd love for you to engage with the pod.
0: All right, Adam, in his media presence before the Raptors game, Coach JB said, I think it's comical that people jump ship as quickly as they do, in reference to the team's three game losing streak. Do you think the fans of the Cavs are expecting too much? And what outcome from this season would you be most happy with? Okay.
1: So, this one I'm gonna go off the cuff on. I didn't do a ton of research on it. I'm just gonna go by gut instinct here, okay? Number one, I don't know what the fan base feels because that's too mm-hmm. large of a, of a zeitgeist to try to tap into. But I will say that the general media seems to be too over the moon on what the Cavs are supposed to be achieving. Mm-hmm. On this first season. And I think JB is correct that in a lot of ways, people are up and down in general about who they believe will be successful and who will not. And the Cavs have been a favorite uh, or a bandwagon favorite all season long to jump on and jump off. hmm their fourth place, they've moved into that spot since the Nets in, imploded. And yeah, they had a tough one tonight against the Celtics, When we'll talk about that. But I think you know very well, but I'll, I'll state it again if it hasn't been uh, very clear on this podcast, that I expect really nothing of this first season except for them to figure out how to play together. And for the Cavaliers as an organization to figure out what they need to go into next season to truly compete for a ring. So, it's all pie in the sky this year, baby. I I don't really care. I'm just trying to enjoy what I see night in and night out. Tonight was not fun to watch. That's the problem with these kinds Mm -hmm. of games when we get stomped on the road.
0: Yeah, I think that there is some fan depreciation when people lose their you know, winning solves everything. I think on the Twitter sphere, the Twitterverse whatever you want to call it there are a lot of fans who are questioning what's happening with the team but this is still an extremely young team their average age of their starters is a, around 23 years old which is insane when you compare that to a lot of the other Eastern Conference teams mm-hmm. and I think that JB... Is a smart enough coach that if he's able to kind of put it out there that people need to back off that it helps this young squad because they are so young they're gonna pay attention to this stuff and hopefully if he's able to kind of dictate what the media is picking up then he's showing them that he actually cares about their maturation and he is not panicking now you see games like this tonight against boston and maybe you have a little bit of a different mindset but i also agree i i kind of think the team if they can win one round in the playoffs that would be amazing to me because it would show how this team fits and where they can go moving forward
1: Yeah. And you know, uh, Steph Curry was drafted in 2009 by the warriors. It took many, many seasons for them to figure out what they were doing with him and what they were doing with the splash brothers. So we've, we've got one year, not even under our belt yet. Let's just try to get through Mitchell's three year deal and see what we can, can make out of that first. Calm down, everybody. The Boston game had some serious ramifications with the Cavs' loss and the Knicks' win. New York is now roughly two games behind Cleveland for the fourth seed. What is your main reason for the Cavs' loss tonight?
0: Well, right off the bat, Adam, I can say that the Cavs came out of that second half and looked atrocious. They allowed Boston to score over 40 points, so what 41 points against them in that third quarter alone, and it really just bit them in the butt, because you can't allow an NBA team at home to just come out and put up that many points against you in the third. That was really frustrating. And there's a lot of issues going on with this roster. We'll get into the bench play a little bit more in the second question, but I'm kind of curious as to why JB is only really relying on an eight to nine man rotation. I know that he wants to solidify the rotation moving into the playoff hunt, but I just feel like this team is young enough that they could use some of the veteran presence on this on the bench. Other guys that aren't getting uh, play right now, and I could see how they would be useful. Neto would have been great in this game. He's a pest. He's more annoying than Marcus Smart, so that would have been great. I think Danny Green could have been another added piece because he is a really good shooter. Those are two veterans right off the bat that I wish JB would just expand his rotation a little bit more to allow 10 to 12 guys as opposed to just 8 to 9. That's what I'm seeing right now are kind of the biggest culprits for this loss.
1: Well, yeah, I think overall it's a really... Tough loss to watch the Cavs come out and lose to the first seed in the East and a team that you would expect to possibly see in the playoffs and hope to bump off on your way to the finals. This is not the way that you want to play them. And the fact that some of the most glaring statistics that come my way to me is that we allowed 50% shooting across the board and 82% from the free throw line. They went to the line more often than we did. They had more rebounds. They had more assists. They had more blocks. They um, they even had more turnovers, which normally would would benefit you. So, you know, I think that I don't. I'm a twofold kind of person about this this position. I, I don't really know what JB's thought process is at this point in the season. Is he thinking about this year, or is he thinking about? the next couple of seasons. Is that the way even a head coach is supposed to think? I don't I don't know, but part of me understands why tonight Donovan Mitchell and Garland both had 40 minutes or more out on the court. Mitchell with 44 and, and Garland with 41. To me, the more minutes these guys see, Mobley with 39, Allen with 39, is there a greater benefit right now at this point in the season, for these guys to just be out there and have to just grind it out against the toughest team in the East. So from a wins-loss perspective, from a fan perspective, no, these these games suck. But from a long-term perspective of goals that these guys are reaching for beyond this season, I would think that tonight, possibly, and really the, the last couple of weeks of seeing him go to a smaller rotation, I wonder if he just thinks, hey, this season is about getting the guys that I think are my core the most time that they can out on the court together. Because we all know they've scrapped in every major sport, but especially basketball, they've scrapped the amount of practice time these guys get as the season goes on. So really the only time they're going to get together is out on the court. So that's, that's my answer so far. What do you think?
0: (laughs) I mean, I think that's a good point. I also know that the team has had injury issues and they, the rotation has been off. So that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, one thing I've also thought about is, really this game as you brought up it's a playoff game yeah it is a playoff game in the sense of how young the squad is and how young jb's kind of relationship is with this team this team is a lot different than last year even so that's the other thing that is interesting to me about this game is yes it was a really bad loss but we saw that we saw losses like this with the Cavs last year in the play-in tournament so maybe jb is kind of thinking let's try to like what you mentioned get the chemistry as good as it possibly can and then that way hopefully when we are in the postseason and i'm only really relying on eight or nine guys they know how to react they know how to get through this adversity Because they really were letting the moment just hit them upside the head in this game. They were pressing a lot. They were not shooting well in any capacity and not finding guys well. Uh, Additionally, they were just letting the defense just kind of mess with their offensive rhythm. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. We can't come out and shoot under
1: 30% in any game from three ever. Ever, yeah. I mean that—that's just the NBA today. You got to be successful from three to win a game, and we lost by four points because, as usual, we're one of the greatest teams in the fourth quarter. Thirty-five points tonight in the in the fourth quarter. So if we could have played a better third, then we would have won this game. And you know, darn it, like stop being historically the Cavaliers, and we've always been awful in third quarters. Like we need to break this cycle. <laughs>
0: Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you will get a bonus bet back. I'm new to this, Adam, but I think I would take the over on Klay Thompson at and a half points against the Clippers. Curry is out, and Poole is dealing with an injury, so Thompson will be shooting a lot. I think that is pretty smart, Colin, and if you're wrong,
1: we will never speak of this again. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: The Cavaliers are mainly relying on the four core players of Allen, Mobley, Mitchell, and Garland. Who do you think from the supporting cast needs to step up? Is this an actual problem? Is this an actual problem?
1: Well, I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. I would say, right now, I think that we are clear on two of our main players and what we're going to get out of them every night. Mitchell and Garland. I think we know that this season... They're playing at the very top of what we would expect for their skill sets, their skill levels, whatever. Um, Mitchell has come in amazing, just better than we could have ever imagined. And Garland has continued to progress. Um, even though we've been down on him a few times throughout the year, or at least I have, I think that uh, especially the last couple of weeks, he's really uh, locked it in That's the way I'll put it. But looking at the stats of even tonight, the Celtics game, let's go back to that. Where was the third person that they needed to help them bring this home? And Evan Mobley. Okay. He's young. I'll give him some passes still. But you got to shoot better than five for 12. You got to at least knock down one of those threes. Right. We lost tonight by four points. One of those threes would have helped. Then you've got Karis Levert. All right. I don't know how he's going to help this team, but he's here at least until next year. So five of 11 tonight ain't going to cut it either. And frankly, 33 minutes out on the court, I wouldn't give him that much. I don't quite understand why JB continues to pass minutes his way. When, as you stated in the last question, where's Danny Green? No minutes tonight at all. You know, the previous games that he's played, he's at least come in and, and been 50% from three. You get one for two from three every game he's played for you. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I would say that Mobley or Allen has to be the third guy in the starting rotation. They just have to step up and decide who's it going to be. And if it can't be Mobley consistently, then let it be Allen. And it only has to be 15 points. Some nights 25, maybe. But 15 points consistently with what you know you're going to get with Garland and Mitchell next to him. And then, yeah, the bench play, they've got to figure it out. And if JB's going to play less guys, then it's going to have to be Jetty. It's going to have to be Karras. It's going to have to be Rubio. And right now, I don't have a lot of faith for some reason, even though they, let's say... Um, Jetty, for example, Jetty started the year on fire. And I would say probably lack of minutes doesn't help him get his groove back. (laughs) So that's another aspect of this, too. Um, You know, some nights probably moving forward, we're going to see Mitchell get some rest or Garland get some rest. And with this 10-day contract that they signed recently, and you'll get into that later, you know, you're going to see, I think, JB have an opportunity to see how he can spread the love around a little more but right now yeah I, I don't i'm a little surprised on a team with this much firepower and opportunity that i'm not sure who the third or fourth options are going to be right now and even tonight with their 21 assists i mean something like that's still kind of shocking to me that that this team can't have at least 25 or more every night with the amount of shooting they have so what do you think
0: I think that you brought up some really good points there because Mobley is young and Allen isn't known to be an offensive contributor. But if the two of them can kind of work it out together to be a holistic part of the front court and contribute as a tandem, then that really does ease a lot of the pressure. I kind of, you know... In looking at everybody that is left on the bench, it is really difficult for me to point out who needs to really step up. You, you mentioned Rubio. Rubio is kind of the guy that I would look to, if he is healthy enough, to actually get into the rhythm of these games. You've seen splashes or flashes of something He has been able to help this team. You know, he did it last year. He's been able to help them off the bench as well with just his knowledge and his know-how. So Rubio is probably the guy I would look at as far as JB is going to trust him. I think that as long as his ACL and his health stays in good shape, JB is going to give him the longest leash. And it's warranted because of his veteran presence but he really does have to make sure that everybody on that bench unit is playing cohesively and it goes into what you just mentioned or you highlighted there their assist total was so low rubio if he's really leading that second unit that assist total should go up even more And Boston's extremely good, and they have a really solid defense. So I know that tonight might be a little tougher to assess that situation. But Rubio is probably the guy that, me personally, I would expect more out of. Because everybody else is kind of who they are. Jetty's going to be Jetty. Wade would be great if we got more out of Wade. But Wade's a super young guy and super inexperienced. Levert, as you pointed out. He's gonna be Charis Levert. He's gonna he's gonna go five for eleven or five for fifteen, whatever. But Rubio, I expect to actually lead that second unit, and that's what I want to see out of him. Yeah, great points. And I would just
1: say too, and I don't know if you think that maybe this is crazy on my part, but I would wonder if they could figure out a way to incorporate Mitchell a little more on distributing the ball inside and so trying Mm -hmm, to you mm. you know get some passes into allen get some passes into mobley for some of those um interior shots that they're constantly going for you know let's get his assists closer to 10 as well and Mm -hmm. and now you've got mitchell and garland you know flirting with 10 assists a game there's your 20 assists you can find the other five Mm -hmm. to 10 you know the rest of the way
0: Oh, there's definitely something to Mitchell stopping the ball too often at times in the flow of the offense. A lot of the times, I mean, he puts up a ton of points, so, you know, it is what it is, but I agree with you, he does need to find the other players on the floor more often.
1: The final seconds.
0: According to Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report, the NBA could reportedly implement a target score for overtime games instead of playing more quarters. Do you think this is a good idea?
1: Why? I, don't, I can't figure out why. I mean, I guess, because why not? I mean, why not mess with something? Because you can. Because it's very small and most people won't notice. Um, but, I don't know, I like... Quadruple overtimes. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not interested in seeing this part of the game change. And, um, and I, I think that it's hopefully just hot air, something to talk about during a weird part of the season where um, things are still kind of solidifying and there's not exact headlines yet about the way things that are going to go in the playoffs. So, um,. I don't know I really hope they don't do anything like this but you know I will say the older I get the more I am ever weary or trying to prepare myself for the day that I am the get off my lawn guy and I do understand that there may be a four point play one day like an actual four point shot one day in the league um certainly they've gone away from defense and allow traveling you know as much as possible so things have changed in my lifetime and with mike d'antoni ruining the game and what else could happen I mean, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure this would be just fine so for now uh i will say no i hope they don't do it and if they do then uh we'll be here to criticize it The Cavs have signed Sam Merrill to a 10-day contract. The cleveland Charge shooting guard is averaging 46.9% from the field and 43.7% from three, with 16.4 points per game. Is this a
0: good signing? Would you have rather seen someone else be brought in? Well, if he shoots that well for the Cavs, it's an extremely good signing. I I don't think that he'll actually get to those totals, but it's nice to have another shooter it is a little curious though because you have dylan windler on assignment and it seems like isaiah mobley's been pretty solid from three as well i would have rather they go with another front court player norlands noel is a guy that i would have liked to see just because it would have helped the front court get some rest it would have allowed Mobley and Allen to not have so much wear and tear going into the playoffs, and I think Noel is a solid rebounder, so if you do have those off nights, you could have a guy who really, you know, actually gets on the boards and allows the team to dictate the game in that capacity. So I would have maybe gone with a veteran as opposed to taking a flyer on a shooter from the from the G League Thank you for listening to the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. Let's go
1: Cavs